You awake? Yeah. I just want you to know I hate you. So is my dad. Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God! Why don't you tell me a story? How do you sleep at night? I don't want to hang out with a bunch of wannabe corporate sellouts. Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories is a podcast that exists to discuss and maybe set straight some of that rumor and innuendo and those details that you don't quite know all of that surround some of your favorite bands and songs. My name is Brian. Hey, and I'm Murdoch. And we are uh, the Story Guys. We have another podcast called that. Um, you can find us at the wearethestoryguys.com. But this is the pod where we come to tell each other rock and roll mischief uh, that we know about. It started because uh, we used to work together and, and Murdoch would just tell me rock and roll stories all the time like i think yeah, a lot of like, what i know is just me recycling things you told me at some point in our friendship no i wouldn't say that man but like we're those two guys at the party that just, just sit around and talk about music and gotta be annoying so it's like it's like yeah that makes sense they have a podcast Listen, and that's what happens if we do it then the, the people that want to hear it can find it and i gotta say you you have been finding it and we're we're very thankful yeah. for you the most yeah. popular episode of this show is the show where you told me the story, Murdoch, of the Tangled Love Quadrangle that produced a bunch of hit songs and involved yeah. two Beatles, Eric Clapton, and a certain lady of uh, extraordinary looks and charm, I guess. Um, Patty Boyd, yeah. And Ronnie Wood. Don't leave out Ronnie. He oh, was off in there, too. I just don't know what's after a quadrangle. Like, that's the problem. What, what is that called? Uh, a rob angle. It's a rhombus <laughs> with a quadrangle. You almost—I mean—that's like balderdash. Like I'm almost like, is that what it is? That's definitely not what it is. No. Oh, it's not. It's octomom. <laughs> Wait, sorry. That's not it. <laughs> Talk about a pop cultural moment I'm nostalgic for in the middle of the COVID crisis. I'm like, remember the simple days of the Octomom? Yeah, I remember when that was like really freaking weird. That was that was so strange. And, and there was those other, the John and Kate plus eight. And then there was like the Christians that had a bunch of kids that ran around in Arkansas, like where I lived. And they got a reality show for a while. The Duggars. Do you remember them? Yeah. I, I want to say this. Uh, I hated the Duggars and whatever that premise and hearing them talk. And then the Kate eight, whatever, what no. John and Kate plus I, I eight. Could, I, I couldn't do that BS either. So Brian, you have, you have a story you're going to tell this, I, this episode, right? I, I have a story. I, I'm basically, you know, we've spent a lot of our careers in marketing and what they teach you in marketing is figure out when something works once and then try to duplicate it. So since the most popular episode of the show had to do with a love quadrangle that produced hit songs, I was desperate to see if there was another one of those. And let me tell you, We've left that territory for several shows. Instead, we talked about drugs. We talked about stolen bodies. We talked about troll-crushing 80s balladeers. And now it's time to return to form. Let's talk about a bunch of superstars spending the night with each other. You ready for this? Let, let's spend the night together. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what makes this story especially fun is that there is another hit song that came out of this situation. You know it. You've sung it. Probably a karaoke. Uh, you love the video. But here's the great thing. All the lovers involved, not the one that ends up recording the song. Totally recorded by a different guy, a friend of them, and it became a massive hit. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. I All right. Know. All right. Good. We're going to start this story with a guy named Dave. It's, it's the mid-70s, and Dave starts a band with a waitress. He's going to a restaurant. He meets this girl. I, and, like, did you ever have one of these moments where you were, like, you met a girl when you were, like, in high school or college, and you were, like, we should start a band 
Like, you may not have yeah. said it, but you definitely thought about it, right? Like, like you know, you'd see a girl at a party or you'd see a girl at the coffee shop and you'd be like, what if we just started a band together, man, me and her? Like, with no, you have no idea if she's musically talented. Yep, thought it and said it. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it worked because you've toured the world in three rock bands with a bunch of women. Oh, wait, no, that hasn't happened. Um, sorry to hear that, that your luck was not as good as Dave's because Dave did meet a waitress and her name is, was Annie. And he's like, let's start a band. Uh, and we'll call it The Catch. And so they put out a couple songs. Nothing really happens. They decide The Catch is not a good name. They change their name to The Tourists. Oh, The Tourists. Okay. Do, do you know The Tourists? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to play the song. This is the song that I had never heard this version of this before, and I love it. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's like a pop-punk version of Dusty Springfield, and it's so good. Like, it's going on all my playlists, I, I, though I don't think it's on Spotify because I started looking for it. We'll put it in the show notes. It's unbelievable, and it's very, like, it came out in 79, but it's got that flavor that has been reinvented every couple of decades, and it sounds really modern. The drum sounds are really hot. It's, like... It's so good, dude. It's so, so good. So that's The Tourists. The problem is, like most bands, The Tourists didn't really get along very well. Yeah, and, and I, I'm going to let you keep going. I heard the singer's voice, and I know who the two lovers are, but you must continue. Uh, okay, so if you're, if you're good at this game, I've given you first names, and you know that voice. You should be able to put it together, but let's let's just wait for a second. Yeah. We're we're gonna get Everybody, there because other people listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they don't really get along as a unit, but Dave and Annie are really get along. They get along really well. You know what I mean when I say <laughs> they get along really well? Yeah, it means sometimes they share a bedroom, and sometimes they even sleep in the same bed, uh, and sometimes they don't wear all their clothes. Anyway, so as the band falls apart. Dave and Annie are hooking up and they're like, let's just go on vacation. Let's, let's relieve some of this stress. So they have a little recorder with them. They're on vacation in Australia and they start messing around with this recording equipment and they decide, they come up with this plan while they're on vacation. They're like, we're going to go back. We're going to break up the band and we're just going to be a duo because we are pretty good. Just the two of us. So they go back, they get a record deal with RCA. They change their name to the Eurythmics mm-hmm. and they promptly break up. Did you, oh, that's right. Did you know that's this? Right. So like yeah, yeah. before the record comes out, before the first record comes out, they break up. So this is not the only band in history. I think we'll probably, this will be a reoccurring theme we probably talk about on the show, but I do find it fascinating when people continue to work together creatively after they have had a romance. So Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Hold your horses. Hold your horses. Because... I, I wasn't even going to bring that mess up because we're about to talk about it. Okay, so you now have a couple that used to date with a professional obligation to the world. It's 1981. They put out a record. Nothing really happens. They're on a contract, though, so they take out a bank loan, which is always what you do when you're a band. Good idea. Solid choice. They build a studio with that bank loan. That's I got to say, you really know the money was flowing in the record industry at the time when you can just take out a bank loan to build a studio. It's not like they took out a bank loan to, you know, time you had to record buy a car or yeah, whatever. Uh, so they get to work on the second record 
Now, the early singles don't make any noise. Dave's lung collapses. Annie has a nervous breakdown. I, like, dude, we're not even to the story yet. This is all just stuff that happens beforehand. And it looks like they're screwed. So they've broken up. They both are in terrible health, one mentally, one physically. But there's this single that they recorded that's floating around. And in January of 1983, they put out an album, and they name it Sweet Dreams Are Made Of These. Which I saw on Friday Night Videos on NBC. That is all they need, man. Overnight. I mean, this is one of those stories where almost overnight, this goes from a couple of ex-lovers who had a crazy idea on their vacation in Australia a couple years before, who broke up their pop-punk band, and suddenly they are superstars. Superstars. So, immediately, and, and, and this is the other thing that's like underestimated and you'll see this if you watch this tourist video which i highly recommend because it's um it's unbelievable to me that came out in 79 and one hand yes it looks older but there is like this real vitality to it and because it's simplistic and it's mostly in a in a like on a sound stage it's all white and it's just them looking very proto-punk it like holds up a lot better than a lot of videos from that time i would say all other videos from that time and you will notice Annie Lennox, like as soon as you see it. And not in a way, like Annie Lennox is one of those people where, sure, she, I mean, she becomes a sex symbol and, and there is sex appeal, but it is not the average normal thing. She's just, there's just something about her that is so different looking. And so yeah. this, this it was a new wave. I mean, it's early 80s still. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. So do I mean, tell me about the first time you remember seeing Annie Lennox. Um, I was seriously. So I watched, you know, I've watched Saturday night live since I was a child, a Saturday. So at some point, uh, 81, 81, 82, whenever it was, whenever that song broke, NBC put a video show on Friday nights that was on at, I guess, 1030, I guess maybe, or 1130. I mean, that shows you what time I was up. Right. Um, but it, it was the, it was the first video that played on an episode. Mm. So the, yeah. And, and uh, hungry, like the wolf was in the episode too. Heck yeah, man. Uh, Cause I remember that. Um, yeah. So those were, those were really, I hadn't really, I was really, really getting into music at that point. Um, all that kind of music was new. Um, but yeah, I mean, what a, it was a, you know, here comes the rain again. I mean, they made beautiful songs. So immediately after that song hits and blows everyone's mind, Annie is, is just on fashion magazines and she be, instantly becomes a sex symbol. She's everywhere. And it's the eighties. So the record label's like, dudes make more stuff. Here's a bunch of cash. Here's piles of cash. Build another studio. So by the end of the year, they have another album out. Like literally they put two albums out in 83. They tour. They put out remixes. They're at the top of the world. And this is where the story begins. Yes. It's 1984. And they are playing sold out shows everywhere. They're in LA. 
Dave gets off stage. He walks to his dressing room, and there is a hot chick in a fake fur coat in his doorway. He has no idea who she is. But you just heard what I told you about their success level, and you can imagine the bravado you have if you're a dude in 1984 who's been playing sold-out shows for six months and has put out two albums in the last year. (laughs) And he just basically says... He looks her straight in the eye. According to this woman, he looks her straight in the eye. And he says, I want to be your boyfriend. And she says, cool, come party. And in 10 minutes, Dave is still wearing the leather stage outfit that he was in because it's the 80s and he was wearing some weird leather stuff on stage. And he's in a limo with Stevie Nicks. Ah, Okay. So we've set the stage for, you know, people in bands being with each other and then not being with each other and continuing to collaborate, right? This is like the the super group of that. We've got Dave and Annie. Annie's like not even in this story now. Annie has gone back to the hotel. Dave is in a limo with the queen of this activity because this is a little, you know, this is a little later. For I mean Fleetwood Mac is this is Tusk era Fleetwood Mac probably, right? And and Stevie's on a lot of drugs. Any account that you read of this story will tell you Stevie this is Stevie's drug phase. So when he gets to her house, he starts to realize this isn't actually a party. <laughs> oh. So I have a story that I often tell, which I don't think I've ever told on Story Guys, because this isn't, you know, Story Guys is a pretty family-friendly show. But I have a story where I say, (laughs) from high school, I go, and that's when I realized I was at a Whippets party. Uh, Oh, yikes. (laughs) Wow, 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 wow. What's that? I'm just kidding. I also feel like this is one of those things where Dave would tell a story and go, and this is where I realized Stevie was on a lot of drugs and I wasn't at an actual party. Um, Stevie just has like her backup singers. And I guess they are all hanging out and they're all doing coke in the bathroom. And they're like literally when you hear this story told, they're literally like going into the bathroom, doing coke for a long time and losing track of time, coming back out. And like Dave's just bored. Right? He, like, came with his top chick who was, like, literally leaning up against the door of his dressing room. And uh, he's also very tired because he just played the Wiltern Theater to a sold-out crowd. And so he just starts wandering around. And he doesn't have any idea where he is. So at this point, like, the band and everybody's gone. It's not the age of cell phones. And he's kind of stuck in this probably very nice house that stevie nicks is living in so he wanders around the house he makes himself at home and he finds an empty bedroom upstairs and on stage do you remember on stage i told you that he wore a bunch of leather yeah this is like a key point of the story and he takes all his stuff off so he takes all that leather and chains and stuff that was in this weird you know bondage outfit he was wearing on stage and he just like passes out in the bed (laughs) so this is like the early part of the morning Fast forward to 5 a.m. You're Dave. And you start to wake up because you hear something in the room. And it's a person. And they're coming in the room and they're slamming doors. And they're opening drawers. And they're slamming drawers. And they're opening the closet. And they're slamming the closet. And then they disappear into the bathroom. And he realizes that Stevie is trying on clothes from the Victorian era. Like, like he says it like looks like it's Victorian era clothing. 
She's like trying on outfits in the bathroom because she is really coked up. So she's gotten all these clothes and she's taking them into the bathroom with her. And he's kind of like drifting in and out of sleep. And finally, and he he describes it. This is very important. I want you to write this in the margins where you're taking notes. Okay. He literally is on the record as describing this, that the whole thing seemed a bit, quote, Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> okay. So he drifts off again. It's now 6 a.m. So, like, this has been going on for an hour. The bathroom door opens. Figure comes out in a Victorian nightdress, climbs into bed with him. It's Stevie. She's on a lot of cocaine. And they're both consenting adults. And they do what consenting adults do. They sing, just like a one we go. <laughs> sing a song, try, sexy singing. So, um, so Dave and Stevie did it. Okay, keep going. So I actually have it in my notes, cue music montage, and I didn't tell you that, and you just started singing it, and this is why we have two podcasts together. <laughs> music montage. So I just, I, you just cued it up, and I'm like, yes. I, so this goes on for a while, and then they kind of drift off to sleep. It, there is a quote. I literally read this quote that it, it, Stevie's like, I just remember looking over and seeing like all this chains and leather on the floor when I came in the room. Like, so that whole thing of him, like not being in his stage gear and it just laying like, oh. what a jarring thing, right? To walk in and see all that. Yeah. So they wake up at nine 30, right? I picture this, like one of those silly 80s sitcoms. We're like, Oh my God, we overslept. It's nine 30. Stevie looks at the clock and goes, Oh dude, you gotta go. You, you gotta go. <laughs> and he's like wait I mean wait this has been the most bizarre night of my life like basically I was by myself for most of it and then you just showed up in the last three hours we just got done we may have fell off to sleep and now you're kicking me out and she's like dude there is somebody coming over to get a bunch of stuff out of this house I need you gone so Dave's like picking up his leather and trying to call his manager and figuring out where they are he's like you gotta come pick me up they send somebody over and this is where, like, if this was a film, we would get a, one of those title cards that would come up and it would say 24 hours ago and we would get a flashback. So now we're going 24 hours in the past and I'm going to give you the flashback version of what, what had happened with Stevie in daylight in an epic breakup fight. So, right. so she's in her house. Right. She's yelling. She's throwing stuff. And, and there is a end of a relationship thing happening. Fine, fine, fine. Yeah, fine. I'll come get my stuff tomorrow. And he leaves. Then we zoom back to the present. And before Dave can get out of the house, he hears a knock on the door. So he's like dodging into the other room, up against the wall. And the guy's like, I'm here for my stuff. And Lizzie he's like, Buckingham? Oh man, oh man, you're close, kind of. It's Make Joe it's, it's Joe Walsh. No, what? Okay. <laughs> it's Joe Walsh from the Eagles, and he's picking up his stuff that has been in Stevie's house. Dave keeps a low profile in another room. Joe goes to leave. He and Stevie are exchanging bitter final words, and he literally hears her say to him, Listen, I don't want you to come around here anymore. Don't come around here no more. Oh my god! That's it? Oh my god, that's how that happened. 
that's how that happened. So wait, no, notice. You know that. You know that song. Yeah. Okay. But the person you know as singing that song is not in the picture. He's not part of this yet. So there's another part of this story. Yes, that's right. Okay. He's from he's from Gainesville, Florida. Yeah, and how does he get into this story, right? So this is this is hilarious. He's so, having an affair with Joe Walsh. <laughs> there was a lot of cocaine anything was possible um so so dave gets out of there right he meets up with his band and they go to san francisco and he's messing with this lyric in this song and he's making this phrase that he heard stevie say to joe into this hook right don't come around here no more don't come don't come around here hey and he's you know he's just messing with it yeah so they finish in san francisco because remember the eurythmics are killing it and uh dave gets a call from his buddy who's back in LA. He's a producer. His name's Jimmy. And Jimmy says, Hey dude, why don't you, I missed you. I'm sorry. I miss you while you're in LA. Why don't you come back since you're down here on, on the coast and uh, we'll hang out and we can work on some stuff. And he's like, oh, all right, cool. And he's also thinking, um, maybe I can see Stevie again. Cause you know, it's just, he's probably thinking this is pretty cool at this point. Like he's gotten out of there and it was a little weird, but maybe well, yeah, it was kind of cool. So he says, okay, I'm going to go back and see if, Maybe I get to see Stevie. I get to hang out with Jimmy. It'll be great. So he goes back to L.A. and he stays in the house of his buddy, Jimmy Iovine. He was a major part of Tom Petty's career. And and he all, and, and Stevie Nicks. So um, what, and, and, you know, you know, the song, you know, the song about the Tom Petty songs about him. It's listen to your heart. That's about Jimmy. Oh. You think you're going to take her away with your money and your cocaine. That's about him. Is that about? Stevie Nicks? No, what's about Jimmy? Well, I wonder if it's also about Stevie Nicks because you know That's Tom Steve. and Tom and Stevie. I don't know that they ever had a romantic relationship, no. but they were friends no. for a long time. Yeah. Now here's here's what Dave doesn't know about Jimmy Iovine. Jimmy Iovine had been producing Stevie Nicks, and he knew that he had just produced Belladonna. But he while he produced Born to he produced Born to Run, we got to get that out there. Sorry. While he was producing Belladonna, he was also sleeping with Stevie Nicks. So he, he is now going back to see Stevie while he's going to hang out with a guy that used to sleep with Stevie, not knowing that they know each other. I mean, I think he knows they know each other, but he doesn't know this about it, right? So while he's there, they're fiddling around, and Dave plays Jimmy this song. And he's like, maybe not a Eurythmics song, but check this out. And so he doesn't have all the words yet, but he starts playing it. Hey, don't come around here no more. And Jimmy goes, dude, dude, you know who should sing this? And he's like, who? And he's like, Stevie Nicks. (laughs) So, So they call Stevie. Stevie comes to the studio. Dave still doesn't know that she and Jimmy used to date, right? And she's acting super weird. She's acting like a girl who's showing up at a house where she used to sleep with one guy and she just slept with the other guy. Oh, wait. Okay. So she keeps going to the bathroom. She comes in and she's just like being weird and elusive just like she was the first night Dave met her. And she's disappearing to the bathroom, probably doing drugs. I mean, this is like, I want to be careful because this is not a good period for Stevie. Like artistic output is good, but she's a personal wreck. And I think she's admitted that and everything else. But she comes out finally they're waiting on her to record this right and she comes out to the mic with her lyric book and she just starts like over this over what they're writing and, and playing to be don't come around here no more she just starts like, reading stuff out of her poetry book 
<laughs> and they're like weird and cryptic. And Dave is like kind of kind of into her, right? Because this is all just happened in the last forty eight hours or whatever. And and he's like, I don't know, this is pretty good. And Jimmy's like, No, dude, this sucks. This is garbage. It sounds like she's reading Shakespeare, and it's terrible. And Jimmy and Stevie start to fight. So Jimmy's like, Stevie, this sucks. Quit reading that stuff out of your book. And Stevie's yelling at him. They're yelling back and forth. And at some point during the fight, Jimmy says to her, dude, will you stop arguing with me in front of my friend Dave? You don't even know him. (laughs) And she, because, because Dave has not told Jimmy what's gone down with Stevie. Yeah, and here we are. She said, your friend? What are you talking about? We just slept together the other night. Oh, my. Davy, Davy turns white, stares at the floor. Stevie turns, walks out, leaves the studio. It's quiet. Just like a one. <laughs> Musical montage. Yeah. Dave, Dave freaks out. He's so embarrassed. He just figured out that they have a history, that Jimmy and Stevie has a, have a history. He thinks 100% that Jimmy's going to be pissed. And he's standing there, and he doesn't know what to do. And he thinks Jimmy's going to turn to him and be like, dude, what is she talking about? Why haven't you told me? What is going on? And this silence is killing him, right? It's like maybe a minute. It feels like an hour. The room is completely silent. There's this long pause. Jimmy looks up, and he looks straight, Dave, straight in the face. And he goes, dude, you know who should sing this song? Tom Petty. (laughs) 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 And ladies and gentlemen, the rest, as they say, is history. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's a great story. I mean, it it might not be the Beatles and uh, the Stones and, you know, uh, the 14 songs that came out of that relationship, but that is pretty strong i'm a i'm a big fan of that story you know it it's um it's got everything like it really quite does. a bit of pizzazz yeah it really really does if you want to get involved if you have a suggestion if you have a story you want us to look into maybe you've always heard something you don't know if it's true you can send us a hot tip at we are the story guys at gmail.com you can check out everything about the the this show and our other show story guys um and everything we do we are the story guys.com and in the meantime Mark, what are they supposed to do? Keep telling stories. <laughs>